This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to the Blurring the Lines podcast. This is episode number 145. I'm your host, Adam Bell. Joining me as always is my co-host, Peter Nicolaitis. How you doing, Peter? Hello. You know, it's pretty <laughs> funny today. I was on a phone call uh, just before this one where good morning, good afternoon, and evening were all actually appropriate. <laughs> they were all over the world. I was the security uh, voice uh, talking with the DevOps team in India, talking to a new managed, service, managed security services provider in um, Colorado. Nice. And at that time, it was morning for them, afternoon for me, and evening in India. So <laughs> you, you, did, you thought I was just being funny this whole time. No, there is a practical application of that greeting. Just covered yeah. all of it. It's a, it's a small world after all. Bada bing. <laughs> Not just in Disney. Speaking of that, today's Friday. Yes. Falcon and Winter Soldier Day. Thank All you. All right. I'm going to be doing that as soon as we, as we finish this. Um, um, yeah, we've been, it's been a couple of weeks, right? We had a couple of cancellations, a couple of things. Yep. I was under the weather last week. Yeah. What happened? Um, well, it's just kind of a perfect storm of all kinds of crud. Mm-hmm. Sinus crud. And then, of course, the allergies right now. I don't necessarily struggle with allergies, but if you get enough particulate matter in anybody's head, they're going to struggle with it for a little bit. Yeah, if you take a fistful of sand and shove it up someone's nostrils, allergies yeah. or not, you're going to have problems. You're going to, yeah, you're not going to breathe as well as you normally breathe. Yep. And then I got the COVID shot number two on Friday, and that just kind of kicked everything right over the edge to full on miserable. And it took me a few days to get over that. I, I had to go get a steroid shot. Oh, that, that's, that's pretty severe. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I needed a steroid shot and then I got antibiotics, but uh, in hindsight, I would, I, what I should have done, my COVID shot was on Friday. I had the head crud. What I should have done is pushed it to Monday, yep. recovered from the head crud, and then gotten the shot. But, you know, in typical man fashion, I figure I'm going to power through. And I also just don't want to reschedule it for Monday because then I'm also concerned if I might not be able to make it for one reason or another, yep. not get the second shot. And yep. like, let's, let's do, do this. Do it. Get it out of the way. <laughs> And it sucked because I couldn't breathe and I'd snore. And so I ended up sleeping on the couch a couple of nights just so my wife could actually sleep. Um, <laughs> but oh, yeah, I'm, I'm better now. <clears throat> but the second shot was a booger. I wasn't expecting, you know, I'm not big in social media. Um, so I wasn't expecting it to great, leave a great big raised whelp on my arm. And it did. It looked like somebody's fist just punched me right in the arm and left a nice little bruising there. Now, my wife and my daughter had it worse. Theirs was like 
is if I punched them in the arm, it was so big. Uh, and, and they both had like hip pain and they were, they laid up on the couch for two days. They just couldn't even go. I, I think I had it pretty much at the mildest that I have heard other than, you know, my dad said it was similar, you know, that he and my mom, they, they slept a little extra and it was a little sore and that was about it. They had the Pfizer vaccine. I had the Moderna vaccine. Yeah. Um, and you know, I saw people as yeah, that second shot was a doozy. I could only manage a five mile run the day after. So (laughs) I got off lucky, you know, deal with it. It's, going to be better than being on a respirator for weeks all right well or dying i mean yeah well, well i depends. guess though maybe it's not better than dying if you were dead you wouldn't care anymore but yeah, there you go <laughs> yeah. but <laughs> i've got i've got some things i got to do before i die like i need to at least finish out this year i mean really yeah yeah <laughs> put on put on my to-do list for 2021 don't die don't don't die uh-huh. that's my goal for this year don't die <laughs> excellent excellent so you have you have you noticed? Well, have people started taking their masks off around you now that they've had their shots? I have not seen that, um, but then again, I haven't been out that much. I have gone out to restaurants four times since being fully vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely seen a little bit of you know like scaling back on the precautions, but not not egregiously. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, uh, the, the places that I've gone have been pretty good about, um, you know, spacing and stuff. Like the first time I went out uh, for chicken wings in over a year with my buddy, we went, we had the place to ourselves. Yeah. And then he and I went out uh, for uh, sushi. Um, what earlier this? Was it Monday? And I walked in and I was the only person in the whole place. Yeah. Well, I was <laughs> like, all right, you know, that, that's cool. So, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, a matter of timing and you know restaurants generally that hour between lunch or you know the the hours between lunch and dinner it's usually dead so yeah. that's the time to go if you can so yeah well and I, I i guess we're probably less popular or we have less populous than you do population density mm-hmm. so there's more people here that are not wearing their mask i'm still wearing mine um oh yeah just oh yeah yeah, yeah. No, don't don't stop wearing your mask because you could still pick something up and carry yeah. it with you and then expel it and pass it on to someone. Yeah. You know, we can all still be carriers of this, you know, crud, even you're inhaling and exhaling back out. So we still have to take these precautions for some time. Yeah. But um, that said, I I was curious about, you know, like maybe relocating for a few weeks to some place mm-hmm. further south. Yeah. Um, and I found this place called Peter Island. Really? <laughs> not, it, pa- not Penn Island. Yeah. Unfortunately it's in the British Virgin Islands. So I don't know there just yet. So <laughs> maybe not just yet, but I was curious where you were going in the Florida Keys. So mm-hmm. we've been going to marathon. Okay. Uh, we like marathon uh, because it is, uh, it's hard to get to number one. Oh, great. Sign me up. Sign me up. Well, because it's hard to get to, there are a little less people. Now, there are plenty of people. Yes. (laughs) So Key West, you can fly directly into Key West, which is why we don't go to Key West. Plus, there's partiers and loud and noisy. But Marathon is really the next big island between Key West and Ila Mirada. Okay. it's It's a really... 
it's older. It's an older crowd. It's more of the, you know, somewhere between us and our parents' age crowd all the way up to our parents' age crowd who kind of snowbird it there. They go out. They, You know they sing at sunset every night. It sounds like an older crowd kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So every they all come out at sunset and they do the celebration and they sing one of the marathon songs. It's a country song and it, you know they do it every night at Sunset Park, and so okay. that's kind of fun. Um, and, and it's quiet uh, where we stay. Uh, the police station. Last time we stayed there, we were on the same street as the police station and we stayed this time a little bit further. So we stay in a place called Key Colony. And if you were to look at it from from the map, like overhead, it's like this uh, squarish, rectangleish island that has lines running all the way through them. And they've built an artificial canal through all of them. So everybody has a boat access and they're right on the canal. So it's a it's a really cool place. And I saw a sea manatee this time. The manatees come there in the spring. Sure. It wasn't a, uh, a, uh, uh, a mermaid. Um, if it was, she was pretty fat and ugly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Googling marathon Florida right now. <laughs> Average temperatures 81 to 64. Yeah. Yeah, it was the whole time we were there. It was it was in the um, upper 70s uh, when you, you take a chance, though, in the spring that you may have cloudy and cool wind. So there there was a day that it was in the 60s and windy, but no rain. Um, but other than that. You do remember that I was just out running in <laughs> yeah. freezing weather with snow and rain, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess oh. I didn't. I didn't send you the pictures of the fish we caught. So Alexia and I went out fishing. We chartered an inshore fishing trip, caught all kinds of big fish in just a four-hour period. We had fish for dinner. Uh, they cleaned it for us, put it in a baggie, handed it off, and had, you know had a had a good time. So cool. I'm I'm looking up marathon right now. I let, let, let's talk about this offline. I want to know where you stayed. This. Yeah. Uh, Maybe I'll just uh, book a trip for, you know, soon. <laughs> <laughs> cool. <clears throat> All right. So then, have you read any good books lately? I have been reading books lately. I'm reading one right now called Radiant Rest, mm -hmm. which is uh, a book on Yoga Nidra, which is a style, another yin restorative meditation intersection type of uh, uh yoga so yeah. another one of those slow quiet meditative forms that i tend to gravitate to mm -hmm. uh, i also just last night on an impulse buy bought the book you suck at cooking <laughs> by the uh, guy with the same youtube channel which is hilarious really yeah hilarious i love it it's hilarious um so I'm reading that and uh, I just finished a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, I finished, I hate running and you can too. <laughs> um, yeah. So those, that's what I've been reading mostly. Um, I'm in the, just winding down a social justice perspectives class, but there were no books as part of that. It's all online resources and stuff. So no books. Right. So yeah. Uh, about you? I tend to read nonfiction. Um, 
Uh, so right now I am, I'm actually listening on audiobook, but uh, Stephen King's late, one of his latest books, uh, he's probably, he's got like a dozen in writing at all times and, mm-hmm. you know, has for the last 40 years. Uh, but uh, it's a book called Later. And Basically nonfiction. Did, it, <laughs> did I say nonfiction? Yeah. Uh, sorry. Fiction. I ah. read fiction. I, read okay. fiction. <laughs> I typically don't read nonfiction other than uh, self-help and business kind of nonfiction. And yep. sometimes if I want to read up on a topic like boating or something I don't know about that I really would like to know more about. So yep. I'm not a anti those. I just tend to go towards fiction. Yep. But so Stephen King's later. And, you know, I got started in the book. So the I won't tell anything about the book, but the prologue, uh, you know, the prologue was, I don't know, just a couple paragraphs, you know, and it's like, yeah, that sounds interesting. And then within like two paragraphs of the first chapter, I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> you know, it's just, a, it's just a testimony of how certain authors can just really write well. I mean, mm-hmm. Stephen King, you don't have to like his topics. You don't have to like horror. You don't, have, but you can appreciate him as a, as a writer. Mm-hmm. He's a, he's, he's good at writing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Don't have to like his topic, but he's a good writer. The most, if not the most popular writer in the world. So yeah, he better be. <laughs> I went through a Stephen King phase around, I don't know, close to 20 years ago. Yeah. And I was buying his books left and right. I've still got a bunch of his paperbacks downstairs. Mm-hmm. Um, I never actually got around to reading the regulators or the Tommy knockers or the one with the, the plague. Um, the stand. The stand. The stand. Yeah. So uh, I read that one. I, I read a lot of those too, but you know, his, his style, like everybody else has evolved. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I, the first one of his that I really re-engaged with him was a 112263 on JFK assassination. Okay. And, and that was the first one of his that I really kind of engaged in, you know, this decade, you know, not the nineties and stuff. And from then on, he's, he, while it is, it's definitely him writing. He's definitely evolved Mm -hmm. as a writer and I, I remember, I remember um, at the time I had read all of the gunslinger books at the time. More have come out since then. I think that's done. I think he finally wrapped it up and concluded. Um, That was fun because, you know, for me that plays very well into, you know, my role-playing game hobbies and stuff, alternate realities and the intersection of multiple fantasy worlds and, and I liked that because um, the one thing I remember was that, um, you know, the villain Flag, who shows up over and over again. Yeah. You know, essentially, he's like the nexus point between all these different worlds that, you know, King has done. And so oh, yeah. that, was, that was fun. He's the bad guy in the stand. He's the, well, he's essentially the devil, right? Yeah. You know, so you find that out, I guess, later. So spoiler alert. Oops. Sorry. <laughs> Flag's the bad guy, and he shows up in more than one book. I don't know why I couldn't get into the first Gunslinger book. Oh, it was terrible. That's why. Okay, (laughs) because I I couldn't finish it. I mean, I was I was reading it, not listening to it. I was reading it, and I just said, "Forget this." Yeah, no, it was it was bad, and um, 
the, it got better after that, you know. Is it Dark Tower? Is that the first? Yeah, the Dark Tower. Yeah. It went, you know, it got it, it ebbed and flowed a little bit, but um, yeah, the first one was hard. It was a it was a struggle to 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 slog through it, but I did. Luckily, it was pretty short. So okay. relative to well, in, in Stephen King parlance, anyway, it was short. <laughs> so, so what else is going on down in Tennessee? Well, I'm still waiting on my Starlink. Okay. Um, Color me shocked. <laughs> you uh, waiting on something from Elon Musk? Elon Musk, yeah. So I'm waiting on it. Huh. Well, so one of my one of my friends reached out to me, and he he said. So, well, you know, I thought, you know, when I read about this initially, that this was going to be focused on the 1040 window uh, so that, you know, people groups who are the least have the least Internet access would be able to get affordable Internet and, you know, to the to this population. And I said, you know, he's a businessman, too. He's a retired businessman. And I said, (laughs) honestly, all it, it boils down to money. I yeah. mean, who you cover all of the United States, those people can pay. I mean, even if they're paying only 70 bucks, they can pay something where if you're talking about providing this as a world service, unless you can have unlimited funds, the business of it, sadly, is you just can't provide that for free. As somebody who was on the governing board of a not-for-profit internet service provider, a fiber optic, you know, neighborhood community fiber optic network, Mm -hmm. I knew, like, I was like, they're not going to be able to make up for these, you know, these promises. And they were saying, look, we're going to service the communities with the highest percentage of sign-up rates first. Yep. No. They're going to service the largest communities first. <laughs> yeah. And they're also going to service where it's easiest yeah. first. And that's exactly what they did. Because the, large, the best socioeconomic demographic. Yeah. Yeah. Because the uh, town with the highest sign up rate was like population 800, and like 700 of the people wanted it. Mm-hmm. So seven eighths of the population were like, yes, we want this. Like, great. We'll get to you in five to 10 years. Yeah. In the meantime, Montpelier and Woodstock and, you know. The, the, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't blame them for no, I mean, it's point. There's, unless you have, unless budget and money is not a factor, you have to go where your resources allow you to go first. That's yeah. just the way it is. But yeah. I, what, what ticked me off was the promises. They're like, oh no, this is what we're going to do. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So it's, it's okay. Let's just all be honest. I mean, we live in this world too. No, no, I mean, we're going to lie to you because otherwise, <laughs> otherwise you may not give us the support that we need to keep going, you know? And that's, <laughs> that's where you start to lose me, you know, yeah. like the having to, having to lie to get people to continue to back your effort. I don't, I don't like that. Well, and I think that you could do, you could do, uh, you, you know, talking about even like it's, just Skylink or Starlink as an example, you could have like, kind of like your charity. You, this part of the business does this Yeah. out of the profits. This much goes back into the infrastructure. Yep. And this much is given to our charitable portion of the network, yep. which goes to this 
impoverished area so that they all get coverage. Sure. We would all respect that. <laughs> well, there are certain people who probably that's, wouldn't respect that. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> I can think of a certain former resident of uh, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. What else we got? So you're waiting on Starlink. Waiting on Starlink. You know, it's, it's talking about as a, as a business owner, you know, people who are not business owners, business owners who give money out of charity, give it because they want to give money in charity. Um, because any money we spend is an expense. So if we give it in charity or we spend it on something, it's exactly the same. The money's gone. Yep. So there's no tax benefit for giving it to charity or spending it on the business. There's no benefit. Yep. And that's what people think. They're like, oh, you're only giving for charity, you know, so that you get the tax write-off. No, no. Anything I spend money on, the money's gone. It's yep. written off. Yes. So everything that I give is really charitable. <laughs> it's or if, yeah, because I could I could give you that or I could buy a new vehicle or upgrade my computer or you know, upgrade infrastructure or costs of goods sold or training or whatnot. Yeah. 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 The, well, a, a lot of people don't understand stuff like that though, too. I mean, I remember my father had an employee once who thought that um, all the resources, the food and everything like that was, was free. The whole, uh, the, the wholesaler. Oh yeah. I understand the concept of wholesale and retail. <laughs> yeah. you know, I was just like, okay, not smart enough to work here. Yeah. Um, That's pretty bad in the restaurant business. <laughs> entry level weight stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's kind of funny. I had a dream. I was working back at the steakhouse last night. Yeah. <clears throat> That's kind of one of my bad dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't remember a lot of my dreams. Uh, that's something I was covering in that book on yoga Nidra. They're talking about that. Cause it's sort of like, you know, uh, working towards entering that dream state of relaxation and, you know, borderline on the hypnosis. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like, yeah, think about your dreams and how you're I'm like, I generally don't remember them. Yeah. Usually, usually I do not. So, <laughs> so that was easy. <laughs> uh, so I've been what else. I haven't been taking any notes. I've just been talking. <laughs> Great. Shame on me. It's being recorded. <laughs> or is it? <laughs> uh, so then this weekend is the big lavender planting. Planting lavender. Mm -hmm. This is out at the farm. Down at the farm. <clears throat> instead so of white oak. Instead of instead of oak? Yeah. Or in yeah, addition to. Uh, no, nah, I gave up on the trees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like the idea of trees, but trees take so long to, to, you know, to harvest and the harvest really isn't that great. And I only have 33 acres. So even if it was completely full of yep. harvestable trees, 33 acres doesn't equal enough money. Yep. That's a time <laughs> suck. Yeah. <laughs> But so this weekend we've putting in a hundred plants, 50 of two different kinds, um, a hybrid and a hardy, and we will see how well it goes. Excellent. Mm -hmm. That sounds like a good place to spend the weekend. Yeah. I um, found that I will not be teaching uh, outdoor yoga on Sunday. Okay. Why not? Uh, because it's 
raining and snowing and supposed to be like in the 40s. What if you brought the goats? Would the goats help keep you warm? Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> Entertained, maybe, but not, not, yeah. And, and I'm, I'm okay with that, you know? Like, if it's like really nice outside, I will definitely happily teach an outdoor yoga class. If it's borderline, eh, you know? And if it's lousy weather, eh, no, thank you. Oh, brother. So, should we move on to the main topic? Yes, sir. Or should we? Oh, I should give an update. Um, cell phones. Oh, yeah? And internet providers. Yep. You consolidated. Uh, no, actually, I, diver- I diversified. You diversified. All right. I had Verizon Wireless and Verizon Fios at home. Um, I was paying like $100 a month for 300 megabit per second Fios. Mm-hmm. After infuriating chats back and forth with them, I was able to change my plan to $90 a month for 400 megabits. Okay. $10 a month less, 33% speed bump. That's the direction I want to go in, right? Wonderful. (laughs) Similarly, I tried to do that with my cell phone plans. Push my dad's line off to Ting Mobile. Yep. So he's paying, I'm paying $15 a month for his phone now. And I kicked my phone back over to AT&T where I'm paying a little less as well. So, so right now I'm on the cell phone front. My costs are pretty close to what they were. They haven't really changed all that much, mm-hmm. um, but now I have HBO max <laughs> as part of it. And Oh, Oh, that the other thing has changed. My cost was like, you know, has, has changed a little bit, not much. Um, but I went from uh, 10 gigabytes of data to mm-hmm. 100 yeah. plus 30 gigs of hotspot data. So when I am ready to travel again, tether with impunity, you know, 30 mm-hmm. gigs of data, I ought to be able to do a lot of damage with that. So, so can, can you tether the car? Uh, yes, the car goes to Wi-Fi so I can make my car, my phone a Wi-Fi hotspot. Cool. Problem is that the car's web browser is completely unusable it's so slow it's horrific Mm -hmm. so you know tesla wants me to drop another twenty five hundred dollars to upgrade that i'm like don't (laughs) use it enough it's just not worth it yeah you're just gonna put google chrome on it it is it is it's a chrome browser it's a chromium okay yeah it's chromium based so it's supposed to be fast yeah, yeah, except you're running, it's like running on an 8088 processor. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's horrible. It's horrifically anciently slow. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, anyway, the, the moral of the story is shop around, call your, your cable provider, call your cell phone provider, beat them up because they're not going to do you any favors when it comes to price. No. Yeah, you got to call them up and just say, "Hey, this is too much. I want to, you know, how can you lower my bill?" And be prepared for the first response you get. Oh, yeah, we can, um, you know, like change you over to this plan, and your price will only go up thirty dollars a month. Like, what? That was the first conversation I had. It's like, yeah, what part of I want to lower my bill did you not understand? You yeah. know, this is the opposite of why I called. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> So. <laughs> all right moving on moving main topic on. let's get to the main topic main topic well i mean we're just making it up as we go anyway Don't so we always? The, 
So uh, I just picked a topic of how do you cope with stress? Yoga. Yoga. Running. Mm-hmm. Meditation. Boxing bag, punching bag. Mm-hmm. Gloves. Bourbon. Bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> Not so much bourbon. <laughs> I, did, I did have uh, just over a tablespoon of rum last night. And boy, I slept like a baby. Yeah? Yeah. So I've been trying to dial that in. If I'm going to use chemical uh, assistance, trying to find the right substance and the right mm-hmm. valuation, so to speak. Yeah. So, yeah, it- I just I had this rum that I bought. I was going to make pina coladas a few days ago, and it was like 80 degrees in the sun out back mm-hmm. here on the weekend. And um, by the time I got ready to do it, the sun had gone down, and it didn't feel weather appropriate anymore. Mm-hmm. And I still had this nice aged rum sitting on the, you know, the, the top of my refrigerator. I was like, let me, I'm curious what it tastes like. Let me just have a sip. I was like, oh, it was pretty good. And, you know, 30 minutes later, I was like. <laughs> so was it flavored or pure? No, just, just dark rum, just darkened. Yep. Yeah. I, um, I learned, I had never really known, but I, I spent a little bit of time. And by that, I mean, you know, like a minute or so. Uh, looking like what's the difference between dark rum and spiced rum and white rum and all these things. And, you know, mm-hmm. apparently like cheapo dark rum is just rum with caramel color added. Oh, and it's not even like because of the barrel or anything. Well, the cheap version, you just add food coloring, boom, dark rum. <laughs> yeah. And then the real stuff, the, you know, the good stuff is aged and it naturally gets darker over time sitting in the barrels. Mm-hmm. And then spiced rum, wait for it, has spices added. Spice from okay, amazing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, so I have a white rum and a dark rum, and I still have some pineapple and some coconut sitting in my fridge. So what I was thinking of doing was making a pina colada frozen variant, mm-hmm. just like throw it all in the blender. Yeah, and see what happens. Yeah, hopefully goodness happens. Yeah. So, uh, how do you cope with stress? Well, I do some of the similar things that you do, um, you know, taking quiet time, um, also working out, working out helps me relieve stress, at least, at least physically, it doesn't always help me mentally other than gives my mind a break. And then I also step away and um, go to the farm and Mm -hmm. do what I call analog work, physical work that, you know, can take my mind off. Offline. Yeah. And then listen to books. You know, it's kind of another escape. Yep. Um, one thing that I have removed as an option is um, I, I don't drink anymore because, or, you know, not during the week, I'll do like a few on the weekends, Yep. but because that is not a good coping mechanism, at least not for me, yep. because it makes me physically feel worse. Yep. I don't get as good a sleep. Yep. So it's like, well, drink, you know, having a drink to kind of calm things down that it just doesn't work. It, exactly. And, you know, it's sort of like tongue in cheek when I'm talking about like trying to oh, dial yeah. in the alcohol amount, because, yeah. you know, the, the more that I practice yoga or the more that I run, the more sensitive I've become to like, you know, if I, if I have, I, I found a few weeks ago, I told you, I found, you know, three philosophers, my absolute favorite beer, mm-hmm. um, chocolate roasted flavored version and it's amazing Mm -hmm. but i have to set aside time for when i'm going to be you know like not doing anything else for some time afterwards when i drink that yeah because i know it's going to affect things and that includes sleep 
I had some of that once, uh, it was a, a few months ago and I had it before bed and completely trashed my sleep. Yeah. So yeah. Well, and, and dehydration. So then you run the next day, you're cramping. Why oh, yeah. am I cramping? Oh, my muscles don't have enough water. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Even though I drank water because it kept yep. pushing it out. Bingo. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, it, and the other thing that I have found is, is sometimes it doesn't matter how good your stress responsors are. I mean, we talked about all positive coping mechanisms of dealing with some with too much stress. Yep. Sometimes you have to remove the problem that's causing you stress. <laughs> so, I mean, sometimes you got to yes. make a change one way or another, Um, you know, there's, you know, you can put it in the right quadrant and making it important and now, you know, doing it all right. But eventually there's only so much stress that you can take. You've got to make a change. And, you know, I have really right now in, in my life and in my work, I've really, I'm, I'm at that point. Yep. I've used all the coping mechanisms that I can to deal with stress. So now I'm going to have to like, okay, something's got to change. Something's got to give. Yeah. Gotta, you know, and it's got to, I mean, everybody kind of needs to know where their place is in that, whether it's, you know, getting help or stepping back from some responsibilities or whatever it is, you know. <laughs> and, you and that's the, that. the, the, the trick is that as with almost everything, there's no, hard and fast rule as to when, you know, when do you give up? When do you step away? Right. Mm-hmm. Some people might, you know, be able to very quickly. They're like, Nope, this could conceivably go very bad. So I'm not going to do this. Right. And then, you know, others, there's this fine line. I tend to stick with things probably a little too long, you know, in, in hindsight, when I mm-hmm. go back and I'm like, no, nah, I should have, I should have probably bailed on that sooner. Yeah. Well, that's kind of an entrepreneurial spirit of, you know, you, you're going to stick in there and, and see yep. this vision through, you know, you're going to do everything that you can to get it done. I mean, you're going to, it's not going to fail because you didn't work hard enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. I put in my time. Yeah. I did the work. It didn't work out. You know, might, there might be some other factors that you don't figure out until later, but so it goes. There you go. <laughs> <sighs> oh, well. But the life of an entrepreneur is like that. Figure it out. Power through. But, yep. And I don't know how you, I don't know how you could be an entrepreneur and be one quick to quit. You just, you can't. No, no. You have to have a, uh, a measure of stick to itiveness. Mm-hmm. So, so that, that, is that the uh, third topic? The secret to a successful business? <laughs> no, no, actually, it is a third topic. And, and stress has nothing to do with being a successful business. I have, I have figured out what it, is, what it takes to have a successful business. And what is that? It's mediocrity. Yes. You go first. Let's hear what you have to say on this one, because boy, can I talk about this based on my experiences this week. (laughs) So you don't have to be the best. Oh, no. You don't know. All you have to do is is define what service you're going to provide. And it doesn't have to be stellar. Nope. 
deliver that service. If you can deliver that service as you described, you are going to be better than so many other businesses by just being mediocre. But that sounds hard. What if you don't even deliver on the service that you say you're going to deliver? Well, then you- That sounds easier. Yeah, it sounds easier. <laughs> but I, so it, I mean, I've known this. I mean, I've, I've known this, but you know, it's so many times I bought a tiller. I bought a seven foot wide tiller and I got the manual for a five foot wide tiller in, in the tube that comes with the manual. I was going like, to say, it sounds like your manual's undersized. Yeah. So, so I was like, okay, well, maybe the manufacturer accidentally put the wrong manual on the seven foot tiller. I forgive them for that. I'll go out to their website. I will download the seven foot tiller and make sure I understand how to assemble the seven foot tiller, not the five foot tiller. Cause they're, they're only slightly different, but they are different. Different enough. The website, I go to the seven foot page. I download the PDF. What manual is it? The five foot tiller. How'd you know where I was going with this? And it's got the slight differences. All they had to do was take the pictures of the seven foot tiller and point the little arrows. I mean, they were illustrated arrows. <laughs> it wasn't that hard. And it was, it's things like that, that well, we just expect it. I'm going to get a manual. It's either going to be in a language I don't understand, or uh, it's going to have, it's going to have interspersed language. So page one through four, the first page is English. The second page is Spanish. The next page is, you know, Korean. The next page is Russian. I don't understand. Okay. Read page one, page five. <laughs> you know, I'm like, you kidding? Just print one manual for the English you know, if you're demo, if you're selling these things in the United States, provide an English manual. Manual. If you're selling them in Mexico, send, put it in Spanish. If you're spending it, you know, so on. Just just be mediocre. <laughs> if if we could get to just mediocre, the world would be a better place. <laughs> Oh, brother. I had, a dis I had a discussion with a vendor this week, and one of um, the guys in the sock that I manage, um, we had some software that was blocked because it was recognized as potentially uh, unwanted applications. Okay. Just to say it was not recognized. Mm -hmm. Okay. So our procedure in this case is we need the vendor to validate this software as legitimate, right? So the way we do that is, hey, vendor, give us a SHA-256 hash. Give us a hash sum for this file. So we know at least the one you gave us is what we are installing here. It hasn't gotten corrupted somehow, you know, that you can yeah. sign off on this. And this conversation just went off the rails real hard, real fast. And I'm just watching it as an innocent bystander. And um, the, the on-site tech contact has no idea what we're asking. They loop in the vendor. They have no idea what we're asking. And suddenly, so I finally asked for a phone call. I'm like, schedule a call, get me in on this call. And 
So we asked for SHA-256 hashes for the executables which were being blocked. Yeah. When I get on the call, the vendor says, and, and the on-site contact is like, well, we've, we've never been asked to provide license keys like this before. Oh, my goodness. And the vendor is talking about SSH. We're talking about SHA. Right? <laughs> and they're like, so, so they're convoluting SHA-256 sums, SSH keys, and license keys. This is this game of telephone that we played. So I'm starting to get angry on this phone call because like you're the blankety blank vendor. You should know what this means, right? You know, this is like you're a software writer here. <laughs> you don't have any right to be in business. That's where I'm going with this. You yeah. Know? And, and, and when I'm on a call and I get to that point, it doesn't go well for the other sides. So let's just put mm -hmm. it that way. So, so I explained to them, and so now I have to educate on the phone what to everybody what a hash is, what this means. Right. So I'm explaining this to an IT technical contact on our end, and I'm explaining this to the vendor who's publishing this software. And they're like, well, we get it from all these different places. They're just going around downloading different components from Oracle and MySQL and this cop ssh server that they include they're just picking up all these components throwing them into a big archive and pushing this out it is a virus <laughs> so, so they say one of the reasons well the vendor's not going to be able to give us one for this cop ssh because that's something we downloaded 10 or 12 years ago and i said uh, yeah <laughs> This brings me to a whole different concern because there have been significant vulnerabilities in the SSH protocol over the last dozen years. Yeah, yeah. And now we've got a totally different problem that I'm like, my head is struggling not to explode over. It just, it, it hurts so bad having this conversation, just trying to under, you know, just trying to get these people to understand basic fundamentals. The mm -hmm. same grace was at the very end, our on-site IT contact referred to me as, and I quote, the new sheriff in town. <laughs> I was like, all right, well then, partner, that's how we're going to call it. I've just seen you and me. I prefer you refer to me as Marshall, but I'll take sheriff. So correct me if I'm wrong, because um, I'm not a software developer, but I but I know what you mean. So for our listeners who just tuned out when they heard Shaw, so the Shaw is more or less a a fingerprint. Yes, it, it is a file, and the file gets given a fingerprint, which can then be verified by the anti the SOC software. It looks and says, "Is this the same file that I allow?" Yes, and it reads the fingerprint and it says. Yes, this is an allowed file. I will not block this. Now, isn't there, aren't there free programs to assign SHA fingerprints yeah. to yeah. executables? Calculate it. Well, you don't assign it. You just, it's a calculation. It's a calculation of, of the, ha the hash. And then yes. you just, then you just need to know what that turns into and you mark it. Uh, so all this could have been done with free software, right? Yeah, it's built into Windows now and Linux, and there are websites that'll do it. 
This, is, this does not cost them anything except literally a few minutes of time. Oh, yeah. But how many, how many people would you have on the call? Half a dozen. Half a dozen? For how many hours? One hour. One hour. I would... Translates to a three hours of headbanging. Yeah, I would say that's probably about four or $5,000 down the drain right there. Probably. Yep. <laughs> well, that was fun. <laughs> you know, yeah, and I'm explaining this, and they're like, oh, well, one of the engineers here, and, they're like, and this guy's very proud. He's like, oh, I just downloaded this command and uh and i uh i able uh, i was able to calculate this you know this blah 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 and I'll, yeah and then the next thing that comes up and they're like well wait so so we can just do this once and then we're done right but wait are we gonna have to do this when there are upgrades oh. said, yeah this was hot on the heels of me just like literally the next sentence after i explained if a single bit in this file changes then the fingerprint is completely different. Yeah. So, but we're going to have to do this every time. Like, or your, pardon me, lazy ass vendor can start signing the freaking software that they're publishing. Yeah. The problem goes away. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, that's how we're going to have to do it. That's one thing that I do like about Mac is that you get a single DMG and it has all the components of that program in the DMG. The Mac way of doing it, yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing stopping, Windows can do that too. Yeah. It's just an archive file. It's just an archive format, you know, self-extracting yeah. EXE or whatnot. Because so. they used to do it that way until somebody came up with the bright idea of a registry. Oh. <laughs> but, but right now, you know, Drive space is so cheap. Who cares if you have a dozen of the same executable on a computer with today's file space? Whatever. Whatever. It's just slowing down your computer. Why do I care? (laughs) (sighs) All right. What else we got? What else do we got? That's Oh, oh, we have a nifty. We do have a nifty. And I think I put it in there, too. Mm Mm-hmm. The yeah, Hadron Collider. I don't know how you pronounce it. Hayden Eon, Haydenion, Haydenion. Haydenion. I like the way you said that. Haydenion. Yeah. Uh, H-A-D-I-N, capital E, capital E, power button, N. That's how it's supposed to be written. It's the power right. button icon. Haydenion, right? Um, I picked this up, and it is a milk frother. I got mine on Amazon. It was fairly cheap. And... Oh my goodness, it's delicious. It makes amazing frothed milk. Wow. It has four settings, so it can take a small amount of milk and just make it all the foam. It can take a slightly larger amount and make it foam and milk, or it can just heat the milk, or get this, it can froth cold milk. Yeah, ha, huh. It just, just whisks it in there, and it says, it's like, it's... um. You know, it's a small thing. It looks like a, a hot tea kettle, right? You know, like a, an electric tea kettle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, um, the, the cup is much smaller. It only can take like, I think, eight ounces or so tops. And um, I did it uh, last week for the first time. And I made a cold froth. And I made myself a nice iced cappuccino. And it was amazing. The coffee, you know, the foam was so thick. It was like chewing on styrofoam. It was so yummy. <laughs> so, so I really like this and it is a way to easily up your coffee game 
at home if you want to, you know, especially if you want to impress the lady. I mean, you know, there you go. How you doing? There you go. <laughs> yeah, it was a nice throwback to my days, you know, owning the coffee shop. And, uh, and it's, it's automatic. You know, you, you pour in the liquid and you push the go button. So much less work than having to like the manual way of doing it with the, um, with the uh, steam wand on an espresso machine. So did you do the 10 ounce? Uh, well, there's, there's two, when I did the, the search, there's two of them and they're both, one's $46 and one's $42. So there's the 16 ounce and then, then three, 3.4 ounce. And then there's 10 ounce and the 4.4 ounce. Uh, I got the, checking hang on i need to I need to check in my enter my one-time password that amazon is texting me for some reason here nice because you've never logged in on that computer yeah exactly i've noticed that amazon has been a little more aggressive in their um these things before uh i got the 10.1 ounce slash 5.1 ounce Hayden Eon milk frother, four in one electric milk frother and steamer, 10.1 ounce slash 5.1 ounce automatic cold hot milk frother and warmer for latte cappuccino, silent double wall milk heater with smart Strix 120 volt. 40, I paid about $42. Yeah, I need one of those. It's good. It's really good. It is, and it makes it just you know ups your game. Give it's it's really delicious, yummy. So, so highly do you, recommended. I, do you don't? Can you make your own espresso? So I use an AeroPress when I do that. Mm-hmm. So that's why I generally make my coffee is with an AeroPress. Otherwise, yeah. um, at home I would use a um, a stovetop uh, mocha, which I do for some time as well. Mm-hmm. And and what makes it espresso? Technically, there's a definition about, and I forget exactly what it is, um, but the amount of pressure, PSIs, that is uh, being applied to the beans. Mm-hmm. And some people would say it also uh, is determined by the, the beans that you use. Mm-hmm. But there's a specific brewing you know, process, and there are some specs that go around it. So technically, AeroPress coffee is not espresso coffee. Okay. But it's the next best in fact, some people widely regarded as the best thing, even better than traditional espresso. Mm-hmm. Don't tell the Italians, they will lynch you. Yeah. Well, yeah, I wouldn't say, I would not insult an Italian like that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So. Let's say, my mom makes pizza or lasagna just like your mom. <laughs> Chef Boyardee. Chef Boyardee. <laughs> that, that Italian cook, Chef Boyardee. <laughs> Italian, indeed. Italian. Well, I'll have to try an AeroPress because I, I, the furthest I go is I have a French press, and yep. I really, I really like my French press, and I like, yep. I like to boil my water, yep, and run it through the French press, and I really like that. So I imagine I would probably like an AeroPress. Try an AeroPress. Um, I definitely, you know, it's sim- It has similarities to a French press. Mm-hmm. But a French press doesn't actually pressurize the coffee in any way like an espresso. It's just, you know, it's just a filter. That's yeah. all it is. So it's yeah. a similar concept in that respect, but it's more similar to espresso. I think what I like the most about a French press is, is all of the sediment 
that is in the coffee. It's not yep. caught in a coffee filter. Yep. And I, I like the mouth feel. Yep. Uh, and I think I get more caffeine because I'm simply getting more coffee beans in my drink. <laughs> Do you ever, have you ever tried Greek or Turkish coffee? Mm, no. You might want to look into that. Yeah? Yeah. Try Greek or Turkish coffee. When you brew that, it's generally brewed. I mean, traditionally, it's in a copper uh, cup on the end of a stick. So you have this long handle, and at the end of it is the, the actual cup portion. And you pour the coffee, the water, and sugar right into the cup. Mm-hmm. And then you heat it over an open flame, traditionally. Ah. And you get it so it boils, it comes up, you know, it's just about to boil over, then you remove it from the heat and then you put it back on again several times. And then when you're done, you pour it into the coffee, but there's no filter, no strainer involved. So oh, you yeah. wait for a little bit, you need to wait for it to settle, and then you need to know when to stop drinking. Uh-huh. Otherwise, you will be drinking the mud at the bottom. And boy, as my father would say, that'll put hair on your chest. <laughs> Well, see, you taught, or I taught you how to brew beer, so you're going to teach me how to brew coffee. So I'm going to work on that. Seems only fair. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I think we put a bow on it, huh? I I think we do. Right on. Well, if you would uh, like to get in touch with us, dear listener, uh, I suggest you head on over to BlurringTheLinesPodcast.com. There's a contact form there, and it'll go to me, and it'll go to Adam, and we love feedback. Otherwise, to find more about Adam, I recommend you check out SublimeComp.com or at SublimeComp on the Twitters. The Twitters. The Twitters. For, to find me, the easiest is start at PN, as in Peter Nicolaitis, 72.com from there you can find all my rants and raves about my personal stuff links to my yoga links to my it and security consulting it's all there so and with that i think it's time that we push the big red button to contact either us or our guests visit blurring the lines podcast.com if you like what you're hearing do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast And leave us a five-star review in iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you found us.